to Health Hackers episode 47. I'd like to warn you now that what you're about to hear in today's episode might just turn everything you thought you knew about anxiety, fear, and thinking on its head. My special guest is transformative coach, entrepreneur, businesswoman, and author of A Little Peace of Mind, Nicola Bird. After 20 years of suffering from anxiety that at times was so bad she wouldn't leave the house for weeks, Nicola came across something she describes as a completely different way of understanding anxiety that ended up dissolving her fears. When I first saw one of Nicola's online videos, I was so intrigued by what she was saying that I signed up to one of her courses. Not long after that, I invited her onto Health Hackers to share her story. And I'm thrilled to say she said yes. And here we are. Welcome, Nicola. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. So to start off with, will you give us a sense of what life was like when you were consumed by anxiety? Gosh, all 20 years of it, that would take the whole show, I think. <laughs> I'll give you the highlights. <laughs> um, so I was always a real high-achieving, striving, driving, go get them you know, A, a grades, top of the class, always going for the next career promotion, always wanting to be top of the class the whole time. And I was very successful at that. So I was always top of the class and I did get a first class degree and I did get a master's degree and I always got promoted at work and I set up my own business and it was very successful. And so on that outside, it looked like all my driving and ambition and go-getting was creating a very successful lifestyle. But behind the scenes, um, I was experiencing panic attacks and anxiety and stress and migraines. And to the extent, so it would kind of come and go and come and go. But when it was at its worst, it's, you know, I couldn't leave the house at all. So I couldn't go to work. I couldn't um, even put the dustbins out. As you know, I said before, I couldn't even go down my driveway to put the bins out. I just couldn't leave my house. Um, suffered from yeah like i say suffered from migraine suffered from being scared of having a migraine uh didn't want to go out didn't want to couldn't stay in had claustrophobia and agoraphobia um had all sorts of therapies and treatments couldn't pick my kids up from school had to get someone to help me with that um totally burnt out in 2013 so i'd kind of on and off my whole life from being a teenager and then i think i had my first visit to to someone to say there's something not wrong with there's something wrong with my mind in like university years so when I was probably about 20 and so it was only in 2013 when I was gosh trying to do the sums 42 maybe that that's when I finally burnt out like I just didn't listen to any of that those symptoms I guess if if you like carried on as I was burnt out three months of just not being able to work go out nothing couldn't do anything and that's when I was kind of like, there has to be, there has to be a different way of living um, than this. So then what changed? Yeah, well, it was accidental what changed because my business hit its seven figures that I'd been going for the whole time uh, in revenue. And it was, it was, I was going to say, I would say it's like, a, it was like a slap in the face, but it was like a total absence of a slap in the face. Not, nothing, not, no grouping, no, I looked at the email, I saw the number, I'd worked so hard for it and there was nothing there. And it, it really shocked me, that's what woke me up. 
And I thought at the time, I thought, oh, it's, it's my, I'm in the wrong job. I'm in the wrong career. So I need to go find a new, a new business, a new way of working. I need to find something else to do with my life. And so as I started researching, I had trained as a coach uh, ages ago. And I thought, oh, no, I'll go and retrain. I'll go and retrain back and do my coaching again. And as I signed up to work with, um, signed up for a coaching program, what I found was that my coach and my mentor, I went to him to learn how to create a new business and a new business strategies and a new way of like, what shall I do with my life was the question I went with. And even though we didn't talk about my anxiety, 10 weeks after I started working with him, it was gone and we hadn't even talked about it at all. And I, I found, the, the reason I knew it was done is I found myself booking tickets to take my daughter to Disneyland Paris, which it was a complete impossibility for me before. I just couldn't go, I just didn't like going far from my house at all. And all of a sudden something that was so scary just looked really obvious to go and do. And um, that's kind of how I knew that was the, the something's, hang on a minute, something's really changed here. Like couldn't really work out what he'd done. And I was so curious about that, that that's, I then spent, gosh, the next three years traveling around the world, learning from all of the leaders in the field about like, what, what is this? What did he do to me, basically? Like, what, what is this thing that he's talking about that even though we weren't really talking about anxiety, seemed to solve it? And so I got really curious about that and then started sharing what I was finding with other people because why would you not? It's like so cool. Why would you not tell other people about it? So tell us about this understanding then. What, what did he do or tell you? It's hard to, I can't remember the exact, there is no step one, step two, step three, right? You know, because you've come through the program. But I guess what happened is, is he, it's like I had this laundry list of things I wanted to change in my life for them to be okay. And he listened to my laundry list of things that I needed to change to be okay. And it was as if he said, okay, great, put that list to one side. I want to talk to you about something completely different. And he talked to me about how our experience is created. He talked to me about how we're living in an experience of thought. He talked to me about how I wasn't scared of all the things that I thought I was scared of, but instead I was creating fearful experiences through my own mind and then running away from them screaming effectively. He talked to me, I started to see, as he talked, so he would talk about stuff that I couldn't even repeat to you, like just, he'd be sharing truths and talking in words. And what would happen as I was listening is it woke something up in me and I started to get insights. So I had an insight that I wasn't in control of my own thinking. It wasn't my, I could, it, controlling thought was impossible. I had thought that I was in control. I was a complete control freak. So I could tell you that I built my business, that I, you know, I decided how many children I was having. I decide how many people would come onto my programs. I would decide what house we were going to live in. I would decide, and then I'd go create whatever I wanted in the world. And I was very much under the illusion that I was the creator. I was the doer, that I could control my own thinking, despite all the evidence that wasn't actually true. Because if I had been able to control my thinking, why I would have chosen that stressy experience for 20 years, who knows? And so I, I had insights such as, you're not in control. 
It's not your job to manage your thinking. It's not your job to manage your experience. It's not your job to manage your life. Something else is running the show and it's not who you, it's not this thing up here in your mind. You're not in control. And with that, I just wiped 90% off my to-do list because my job had always been about controlling the circumstances, controlling my life, controlling my thinking, controlling my kids, controlling my clients, control, 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 controlling my environment, staying somewhere that's safe. And my world had got teeny, teeny, tiny in this control freaky way, things that I would allow to happen and things that I wouldn't. I saw that I wasn't in control. I saw that if and when I have a panic attack, or a migraine, I could take care of it then. And that was a world away from the world where I was living, where my constant thinking 24 seven was, but what if I, what if I have a migraine now? What if I have a panic attack now? Where, like, how will I get off the train? Who will I ask to help me? Have I got everything with me I need? Who will I call? Where's the number on my phone? If I get one now, if I get one in 10 minutes, what if I get one now? What if I get one in 20 minutes? What if I get one next week? What if I get one tomorrow? What if I get one when I get to work? What if I get one when I can't get home? What if I, like literally that was the inside of my mind the whole time. It's amazing I got anything done. And I had one simple insight, something woke up in me and I saw something truer about how life really works. I saw when it happens, you can take care of it then. <laughs> I laugh at it now. But it was like, that wiped another 90% off my to-do list because I saw how true that was. I saw that, even better than that, I saw that when it happens, I'll be taken care of. I don't even have to come up with the solution. I don't even have to figure out how to get myself home. I don't have to figure out who I'm gonna ask to help me. Something will arise in me in the moment and let me know when it's required. No pre-worrying required, Nick. No what ifing required. And that was another example of an insight where we start to understand how our experience is created from the inside out. And then we start to see that there's more to life than we think there is. There's something else that is an intelligence that is responsive and always lets us know what to do in the moment. And as I started to see more about those two things, as my coach at the time and every teacher that I spoke to talked more about those two things, it woke up that knowing of truth inside me. And so I started to get these insights and every insight changed my experience of the world around me. And so that's what had happened. I'd been listening to listening to my teachers talk about this kind of spiritual conversation, this con and very practical and psychological conversation. And then on the other hand, my whole life had started to change over here without me having to talk about the, the, the form, about the facts of my life. The insights shifted all that for me. So anything I saw over here that was truer about life shifted everything downstream of that. So it changed my thinking, it changed my actions, it changed my behaviours, it changed my very world that appeared in front of my eyes without me having to go anywhere near it, just by sitting and listening to truth. is the best way I have to describe it. When you said that you came to this, this realisation that you weren't in control of the thoughts or of what you were thinking, 
Yeah. Will you tell us more about that insight and what yeah. you mean by that? Yeah, well, the person I was working with at the time had written it on the flip chart, you are not in control. And I was like, I am. <laughs> of course I am. Like, if I choose to pick up this pen, I choose to pick up this pen, right? If I, I could give him so many examples where I was totally at cause, because I've done my NLP, I'm at cause in my life. I am the change maker in my life. I get to de decide what revenue I want my business to bring in. And then I just go and make it right. Of course I'm in control. I've had bags of evidence to demonstrate that. And the person I was sitting with was like, gosh, you really think you're in control. And I was like, you really think you're not. And it was like a clash of worlds, but because I was paying him, <laughs> because I had a lot of respect for him as a teacher, I went home that night and I sat in my hotel room and I watched my thinking arise and disappear and arise and disappear and arise and disappear. And it became, became self-evident to me that I was not doing that. I was not choosing what thought came next into my head and I was not choosing how long it would stay or when it would vanish. And I just saw this wave of thought as an experience coming through me it was like I was the witness of thought I was not the creator I was not the generator of it it was moving through me and it was a constant and it was a flow and I, I literally I remember sitting there going well I didn't choose that one I didn't choose that one I didn't choose that one either and the whole experience totally freaked me out and felt very disconcerting because it rocked the very foundations of what I believed to be true about life, that I was in control of everything. But when I looked, and I'd never thought to look before, but when I sat and looked, no amount of him telling me that was true was helpful. But in the going to look and get curious and go, well, I wonder, it's like a chink of light opens up in that wondering and you go, mm, I don't know, I never thought about it that way before. And if you're open to considering new things, and I was, I was quite frankly bored of my own thinking, I looked and I saw that it was true for myself. And if you see something's true for yourself, it, it does something for you. No amount of someone telling you it. You know you don't control your thinking, right? You can say yes, you can kind of see the logic in it. But once you see it for yourself, there's no arguing with it. And I saw it for myself that night. I really did. And then how did that help you to get over your anxiety and panic attacks? Because a lot of my anxiety was created by the idea that I need to get this right. I need to, I need to manage my business and my kids and my family and my health and my rotors and my clients and my everything was about, I thought that was all my job. And I realized none of it was because if I don't control thought, how can I possibly control how I respond to my kids? How can I possibly control what idea comes up next for my business? Right. Or how I'm going to have a conversation with a client or all of the things that I've been micromanaging in my mind. So my mind was really busy. It was really full of thought the whole time, spinning up scenarios and then trying to solve them in advance. Because if I don't solve them, who's going to? So I'd plan and I'd plan and I'd plan and I'd plan and I'd map out contingencies in my mind the whole time. 
Well, that experience of having a really busy mind is the very definition of anxiety. That's what anxiety is. Is attempting to control something that you can't, attempting totally in resistance to the experience you're having, and you're basically in a battle with your own mind. When I saw I wasn't in control of it, when I say that did something for me, the battle ceased. And then there was quiet. And in the quiet, there's an absence of anxious thinking. And anxiety is only ever created when there's anxious thinking, noisy, busy thinking in your mind. So when it goes quiet, no anxiety. And when the clients on your courses or in the Facebook group, um, Nicola has a Facebook group for a little peace of mind, say to you, but Nicola, what should I, what should I think when I am about to have a panic attack? What should I do? How do you point them in the right direction from there? I guess the metaphor that comes to mind when you ask me that question is it's like someone coming to me and saying, I've got a sneeze coming, I've got a sneeze coming, what do I do? <laughs> so I'm like, what do you know to do? I don't know, get a tissue, right? It's like, whatever you know to do in the moment, all good with me. Now, let's look upstream. Not while you're in the middle of having a panic attack, right? Go have your panic attack. I'm fine with you having a panic attack. You have full permission to have as many panic attacks as you like in my course. It's not a problem, right? So uh, go and have your panic attack. Deal with it the best you can. When you've calmed down, come back. You'll know when the time's right. And let's look upstream. So now what we're going to do is look at basically this. The metaphor would be like the psychological immune system. I'm going to help you see some things that will improve your psychological immune system. And the byproduct of that is you just sneeze less. I can't help you with your sneezes. I can help you with your psychological immune system so that you sneeze less. And to be honest, you stop caring that you sneeze. It's no longer front page news. So this is where I do my work. If you're standing next to me and you're having a panic attack, I'll, I'll hold your hand and I'll tell you it's going to be okay. Right? If that's what I know to do in the moment. Or I'll slap your face and run away and make you laugh. Or I'll throw a bucket of water. I don't know. I don't need to figure it out in advance. Because when it happens, I'll know what to do. But my job, my role of expertise, is not in handing out tissues to people who are sneezing. It's in coming upstream of that and helping you see, see more about truth. And then what happens is the, uh, the sneezes just become less frequent. Does that make sense? So I don't have any strategies up my, up my sleeve to pull out to help you manage a panic attack because to me it doesn't look like a panic attack needs managing. It's the resistance and the fighting and trying to manage it which just prolongs the thing for hours and hours and hours. I know, I've been there. So actually being in the presence of someone that isn't freaked out when you're having a panic attack and is totally okay with it might be the first time you've ever been around someone that's totally okay, that knows your okayness even when you're freaking out. In the first video I ever saw of you talking about your experience, something that really resonated with me was when you compared thinking to the information on a news channel ticker tape. Yeah. I think it's probably because when I lived in the UK, I was a, a TV news journalist. So I'm very familiar with ticker tapes. Will you tell us a bit about that, that kind of transient effect of thoughts that yeah. you came to realize with this understanding yeah well it's it's kind of like the wave i was talking about earlier right with thought coming through our minds where 
I just find it a really helpful metaphor that everyone can understand because everyone's seen the news, right? So, so I, I know which video you're talking about, but it's like, that's what, the minute we're born, chick, 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 the ticker tape starts, right? And it just, it goes across the bottom of the screen, I'm trying to hold it with my camera, like it goes across the bottom of the screen, constantly and it's like thought it's unstoppable it never stays around it's always changing there's always something else that's important that looks important that comes up as the the next thing to that thinking is gonna bring to mind and it can say on there you know oh i'm gonna have a cup of tea now oh what should i do tomorrow oh what if i have a migraine um i wonder what my sister's up to like it's just words on a ticker tape just words on ticker tape they're all the same they all have the same amount of meaning but then we jump in then we make meaning and big piles of it and it's like jump into the ticker tape and we start mucking around with it do you remember you probably don't remember because you're too young like cassette tapes right where you pull too young i'm 36 <laughs> I remember oh, like, even so i'd have thought <laughs> that was even too young right but you know like cassette tapes where you'd like they'd all come undone right and then you'd get they'd get all tangled up and as you tried to put your pencil in and turn them back around and wind them back up they just get more and more tangled and it's like that with the ticker tape it's like something comes across the bottom and we go oh i don't like that one and so we focus on it and as we focus on it it's like it has babies <laughs> ticker tape babies and they all pile on top of each other and before you know it the screen is totally full of ticker tape and you're drowning in the stuff but then there's the way of ticker tape eventually it clears itself out and off it goes again so a panic attack is just basically extreme ticker tapeness going on at the moment in that moment in time but when we start to understand the nature of ticker tape it's just blips of energy it's just a thought coming to mind in the moment it says nothing about you. It says nothing about who you are, what you're capable of, or what's possible in life. It's just words on the ticker tape. But if you think words on the ticker tape are how you navigate life, and that they're saying true things, that everything on the ticker tape is true, like that ticker tape is like fake news galore, right? Like it tells you all sorts of stories. But if you know that, if you know that loads of it's fake, Right? And you can tell the fake stuff because it feels uncomfortable when you read it. That's how you know it's fake. Right. But if you if you start to know, oh, some of this is fake, it's not all true. You know, if you see that it always moves along. If you see that it's transitory, if you see that you're not the one controlling the pace or speed of that ticker tape machine. It changes your relationship to thought. It stops you being so involved in it all the time. It stops it being front page news. It stops it, your screen being totally full of thought. And that's what my life was like for 20 years, like just clogged up with ticker tape. And as a result of this understanding, the ticker tape just flows smoothly along the bottom of the screen. I'm not really interested in what it has to say anymore. Like I'm engaged in life, I'm present, I'm not really interested in what I think. I'm certainly not fussed if my mind goes and has a hissy fit in the corner and throws a massive tantrum and a worry storm about something like that we're human and so that's that's what happens Gemma I think with that 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 seeing of it you get a detachment from thought you see how the system works rather than being caught up and drowning in it all the time how long did it take you to let go of your panic attacks for good once you took on this insight or understanding I well, like I say, within 10 weeks, I was 
doing things that I hadn't done before. I, I don't know the exact date of my last panic attacks. They kind of vanished off before I, while I wasn't looking. And then a couple of years later, after I'd been exploring, I noticed that all of a sudden, actually, I noticed that I was starting to have periods of anxiety again. Like I'd be out in a, in a shopping centre and all of a sudden I'd feel really unsafe and I'd have to go, just get in a corner, just get in a corner, just get a cup of tea, get in a corner. And I found myself back in that space of anxiety and, and worry again, completely surprising and alien to me at that time. It was so far from my experience. And, and after I took a look to see what that was all about, it was so cool, Gemma. It was the best thing that could have happened because it's kind of like life had let me see so much and let me enjoy my life. And it's like, okay, ready to see more? <laughs> so here you go. Because it knows. For me, panic attacks is the way to wake me up because I pay attention to that, right? Like some people get depression, some people get headaches, some people get pain, some people get, I don't know, drunk all the time or addictions. Uh, you know, that, this is how life wakes me up right? So, okay, there's something new to see here. But what I saw in that, I had this insight, and it's one of those things that's, that's good news that sounds like bad news. But I had the insight, this is here forever. This is never going away. Oh, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Total freedom in that. Total free, total peace as the battle really did stop. And I, what I hadn't realized is for the couple of years before that, I'd been operating under the assumption, oh, this life is great, this is brilliant, as long as it doesn't come back. And I hadn't realized that last bit had been so important to me. But when it came back, I just fell into such peace with the knowing that it was never gonna go away. I gave up the fight. I really gave up the fight of having it be gone. And it's so counterintuitive, it's so paradoxical, but I've had such peace in my life since that insight, since that moment. The seeing that I know I don't need it to be gone for me to be perfectly okay. And never have to not have it be here again, ever. It can show up whenever. And in the total allowing of that, because I saw it was true, that's when I found peace with anxiety. And that's freedom. Because what most people are doing is trying to find freedom from anxiety so they can get peaceful. And what I saw was a whole different level of freedom, which was like peace, whether anxiety's there or not, really. And you felt that as it would be with you forever. You didn't have to fight it anymore. And the anxious thinking that might come would just be like the ticker tape. You could just let it go. It wasn't as logical as that. Insight isn't as logical as that. It was like I had, I had the thought just came left field out of the blue into my mind. This is never going away. And then there was peace. That's, there's no more thinking about it. That's just the shift in consciousness creates a whole different world. So before I walked around in a world where it was lovely to be free of anxiety, so grateful to be free of anxiety, so glad that thing's gone from my life forever. 
thank God that's never coming back because I don't think I could handle it, but it's gone. So I'm just going to be grateful to experiencing panic again. And then having a shift in consciousness, which is what an insight is. It's like seeing, having a shift in seeing truth again more deeply and seeing this is never going away. And with that, the world changed. Suddenly I'm on a different, in a different world where it's totally okay to have anxiety or not. And I, and I kind of don't want to tempt fate, but like since that moment, like I haven't had panic or anxiety. I've had nervousness. I've had anxiousness that anyone would have when they're doing something new or they're trying something for the first time or they're going out and haven't been out since lockdown and then you go out or all that kind of stuff, like normal stuff. But it didn't used to be normal stuff for me before. That used to be a big deal when I felt like that. Like it was that I didn't like that feeling. I was so anti that feeling that even normal anxiety was not allowed in my books because it could escalate. It could get out of control. And now I just get scared like everybody else. <laughs> it's so freeing because now I'm allowed to be scared like everybody else. <laughs> that is great. Um, last year you released your book. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, for everybody listening, Nicola's book is called A Little Peace of Mind, The Revolutionary Solution for Freedom from Anxiety, Panic Attacks and Stress. And one thing I noticed um, in the book, which you've just mentioned as well, is where you say nothing we think is true and you are not your thinking. Yeah. So, and I, I, I was probably looking at this too logically because then I thought, well, if we accept that nothing we think is true, then what does that mean for how we view real life events or people like a, a devastating disaster or hearing about an evil criminal? Do we just become feelingless about those things because we think our thoughts about them aren't true? Well, give me, give me an example. Well, if there was a, a major disaster and my ticker tape is thinking sad thoughts, empathetic thoughts, yeah, let's scared use the thoughts. coronavirus, right? For, for, as an example. Oh yeah. Good example. The health crisis, right? So, so you have, you can have an experience of coronavirus where it's, and we've all had this, right? Various experiences of the pandemic. So we've all had experiences where we felt very fearful. We've had experiences where we are, just not thinking about the virus at all so it doesn't exist in our consciousness in that moment just doesn't just nothing going on the ticker tape about coronavirus i've had experience of being absolutely touched and so full of love at what i've seen because of the pandemic in this world i've had an experience of seeing myself behave differently and express myself differently because of the virus that makes me feel really grateful to the virus for for this pandemic for shaping this part of my life I've had experiences where I resent it because now I've got my kids at home all day every day right when I want to go out and do some stuff I, so I've had experiences and we've all had moments of um, resentful fearful joyful grateful um, such love for the people that we that we care about right like um, all the whole range of human experiences with one virus so which one's true is it scary is it amazing is it the breakthrough in shifting human consciousness is it hope really hopeful is it devastating 
Well, it's all of those things and none of them. Because it's only true for the moment you think it. So the moment I experience the, the pandemic is devastating. I will feel devastated and the virus will appear to be devastating. And in moments where I think it's a shift in consciousness and I feel like it's just amazing that the intelligence behind life is waking humanity up in this way, I feel in the feeling of awe and the, and the pandemic looks awesome. It looks like something has come down from the gods, right? It looks awesome. Now, I can have all of those thoughts in the period of a day, and you can too, and we can, we can mix and match, right, all day long. It doesn't mean that we don't, experience, that we, that we don't experience the pandemic as devastating or awesome. We experience all of those emotions, but when we know that none of them are actually true, they're just thought in the moment, then we don't get so scared when we have fearful thinking about it. We don't get so, we realize I'm creating this in a way that makes it look really scary and in 10 minutes it won't. It's really helpful to know, really helpful to know. And so, we see thought changes all the time about something that looks real, but it's not like it's scary and then it's awesome. It's hopeful, it's full of love and then it's terrifying. It's, it's all of those things in the moment it exists and, and, it's, and the truth is it's none of them. How could it be all of those things at once? It's seven billion, seven and a half billion, whatever is experiences of one thing because thought creates experience do you have time to quickly tell us who sydney banks was and how pivotal his three principles have been for you yeah so i didn't get to meet sid banks um he was before my time but he was um a scottish welder who without a great huge amount of education or spiritual knowledge and background who had an enlightenment experience so he saw in a matter of minutes it became really evident to him that that his thought was creating experience the first insight he had and the second insight he had he saw he said like he used the words i've 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 seen death i've seen what it is and i and i've and i've come through back the other side and it's i've seen the oneness of everything he saw the oneness of life he saw the the essence behind life of which we are all part of the the energy behind had an in your bones experience of that seeing the truth of it and so he's he then stopped being a welder after about nine or ten months and he totally changed him his whole life nobody recognized him anymore he even started to look different and and people were like what did you see and as he started to share people's lives changed they didn't even understand what he was saying, but his, their lives changed. And then they would go back home and people would go, what happened to you? And they go, I don't know, I met this guy called Sid Banks and he said this stuff, I didn't really understand it. And they go, well, I wanna find out more about that. So they would go listen to Sid. And Sid would just talk truth in a way that bypassed the intellect. He would just share what he'd seen. And, and one by one, as people came to listen to him, their lives started to change. And that's how the principles, he called them the three principles, that's how they, they, that was the beginning of 
a wisdom that's been shared through every spiritual teaching and every religion forever through the millennia every bit of wisdom has been pointing to the same thing that Sid was it's just his way of sharing and explaining it in the in the with the concepts of the three principles all pointing to the same thing this formless something behind life of which we are all part of and so it was through his work and the way that he conceptualized it i guess and began to change so many people's lives in such a simple way that that is the kind of origin of the three principles and it's spread spread through the world from people being seeing someone else that's been impacted and going why am to you <laughs> you know as so i share what i share because people come like how did you how did you go from being this anxious wreck to someone who's light-hearted carefree and doesn't give a damn anymore and just enjoys their life like that controlling tight control freak like buzzy go away i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy woman to someone who just enjoys her garden enjoys her life enjoys her family like how did that happen and that's why i have all the people that i have in my program and buying my book like i want some of that how do i find out about that and you mentioned spirituality and religion but the three principles on what you do and what you teach isn't affiliated with any kind of religious group is it no not at all it's a it's a pointing to what's common behind every religion which is a which is a seeing that there's something more than just this body and this tiny mind that walks around in this planet for a limited amount of you know 80 years there's something other and that's every religion every spiritual teaching so it's spiritual it's not religious but it's spiritual it's the essence the truth behind all of them you mentioned your garden and I know we're up on time, but before you go, will you uh, tell us where people can find you on social media and hear about your garden projects that you've got going on at the moment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's at the, um, the best place, probably the website, which is thefloralproject.co.uk. That was one of those things that like, people always want to know, how do I change this? Or what shall I do about that? They want the behavior or the action. We're very much trained to look at, yeah, so how do I do this? And how do I change that? And the floral project came about after I'd spent four days with one of my mentors over in Lacona in, in the States. Just because we see this, we, this is a never ending exploration, right? Of the, the, what I teach and what I've learned about. And I keep, I'm forever a student of it. So I keep seeing the truth more and more and more deeply. It's beautiful. It's just a conversation that you can just keep exploring forever. So I spent four days with one of my mentors, um, just diving deep into what it means to live from this beautiful, peaceful place more of the time. And I came back from that and I noticed that similarly to some of the insights I shared earlier, suddenly an idea came into my head about starting to grow in my garden, cut flowers in my garden. And then it occurred to me to start giving them away and helping other people who wanted to do the same. And so the floral project has got this weird life of its own where there's all of us around the UK who are growing cut flowers and then donating them to wherever people feel drawn to donate them. So it's like, it's an expression of the principles in form is the best way I have of describing it. Wouldn't be my plan, but I guess I'm not in control. I'm kicking and screaming most of the way. I don't even know how to garden. This is so not my idea. <laughs> I've got far more useful things I could be doing with my time and yet 
whatever it is that is that runs life is doing this through me right now like it's just a world away from this is my business this is what i'm doing this is what i'm up to this is what i'm creating it's and i'm going to figure out how to i don't know what am i up to today i guess we'll find out <laughs> all sorts of crazy stuff happening that could never have been predicted so if you want to find out more about the floral project that's probably the best place to go is to the website and see, see what's you. going on there so when you say whatever it is that runs life do you think it's a greater wisdom yeah that thing that that thing that all that all the teachings point to the thing that the thing that has grown the tree outside of my window that i'm looking at right now like the thing that 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 turned that like from a seed into beautiful flower right like the thing that grows babies the thing that spins the planet creates universes the source of everything right I don't know. If it can do that, I'm pretty happy to let it run my business. It's much better than me trying to do it, I can tell you. <laughs> and a whole lot more fun because you never know what you're going to get up to next. <laughs> Nicola, it's been so lovely talking to you. This has been a fittingly peaceful podcast. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. I get to talk about all my favorite things. So, Health Hackers viewers and listeners, thank you for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe for regular videos. And if you're watching, or listening to this through Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you can opt to follow the show there too. See you next time. Bye-bye.